Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. The legal tampering period is officially here, just two days away from NFL free agency frenzy beginning. How active could the Broncos be this week? And we gauge feedback from Trey Lance's Pro Day on Friday, where the Broncos, they were on tap to be able to see what he was able to do. Plus, we answer Broncos fans' free agency questions ahead of the start of free agency here on Mailbag Monday. Welcome back into a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Devil Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Like us on Facebook and make sure you hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Radio.com for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news and content here on the Lockdown NFL Network all year long, folks. Very excited to be with you guys for another episode of the show today. And today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over there. At Built Bar, and you can go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. I'll tell you about them a little bit later, plus what are the flavor of the week is, what is the matchup in Built Bar match? We'll get to that coming up here in a little bit, but ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode of the show, hope you guys had a great weekend. Obviously, Snowpocalypse hit on Sunday, not on Saturday, as everybody expected. It came a day later, so hopefully you guys are safe inside your home, staying warm, and hopefully the roads clear up at some point for you guys, but obviously, welcome back into another episode of the show. The NFL legal tampering period, it begins today, folks. That means that you're going to see a lot of things come down the pike across the National Football League from organizations announcing that they have agreed to terms in principle. And that's what you're going to see in quotes in terms in principle, because none of these signings that happen today will be official until the new league year rolls around. So NFL agents, they can negotiate contracts with organizations and any agreed upon deals will be deemed as in principle until the official league year rolls around on Wednesday, which is March 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain time, folks, is when you can expect things to happen here for the Denver Broncos. But how active could the Broncos be this week? Well, it's very unlikely that we see Denver go out and make these big-time splash moves. I think a lot of the focus for the organization this week will be on the retention of key players. That's going to be the organization's formal focus this week, according to people that I've spoken to. But here's the deal, folks. We also have to take a look at what the Broncos could be doing proactively ahead of the pack to maybe put themselves in a position to maybe acquire a key player. Now, we know cornerback is a big position of need. The Broncos, they are expected to be very active at maybe pursuing and signing a cornerback in free agency, a veteran option, a guy with experience that can be a starter right away uh, upon signing. So that's going to be something. Will that happen today, though? I'm not quite sure. And if that does happen, we'll have you covered Lockdown Broncos with a Lockdown Now update and obviously an in-depth reaction on tomorrow's episode of the show if that were to happen. Uh, but there's some other things that's coming on that you know for the Broncos this week that I think a lot of people don't realize it's coming quick and that's Von Miller's club option Kareem Jackson's club option folks it is the 15th today that means that the Broncos have until the 17th to make a decision if I'm not mistaken seven million dollars of Von Miller's contract becomes guaranteed on March 17th and so of the 18 million that Denver would be expected to pay him so I imagine a decision on Kareem Jackson and Von Miller's club options whether it could happen today at some point if it does we'll have you updated with a quick emergency 
Emergency Podcast. If it happens tomorrow, we'll have it covered. But within the next day or two, we're expected to have a lot more clarity on the one that's going to happen. Like I said, the new league gear rolls around on March 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. So the organization, they're going to be active. They're going to be busy focusing on their in-house players that they do want to keep. We're going to see tenders offered, second-round tenders. Will the Broncos offer Philip Lindsay a second-round tender? We know that Tim Patrick more than likely is going to get that. And same with Alexander Johnson. Those guys will receive those tenders. Uh, but obviously, we're keeping an eye on that. But but take a look at some other positions for Denver. Obviously, cap space is, is one of those situations that everyone's looking at. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk from Broncos fans. And could tight end Nick Vanette be a potential cap casualty? You know, that's a talk I'm seeing on some of these social media sites. I'm seeing it from Broncos fans. They're saying, hey, why don't the Broncos release Nick Vanette? Well, I don't know why they would want to do that right now. And here's my reasoning behind that. I thought that Vanette did a really good job coming in last season. Now, if you look at the stat sheet, you're going to say, well, he didn't really do much. You know, here's the deal. You can't look at it from a statistical standpoint. Vanette was primarily a blocker, but then down the stretch of the season, he emerged as a receiving threat for the Broncos on third down situations. Third and short, he became a reliable go-to guy for Drew Locke. And I'm not saying that's the case to keep Nick Vanette, but I, I just don't think that you should cut ties with Nick Vanette just because of that. And if the Broncos were to release Vanette, yes, the team would save $2.7 million of total cap space, but they would incur an $875,000 dead cap hit. You know, that's not really too much in hindsight. But when you look at some of the Broncos' other players on this roster where you could cut them and save a lot of money, well, not necessarily a lot of money, but you could save the offset cost if you were to release Vanette you would get that money back guaranteed when you look at players like Patrick Morris. I mean, if you cut him, you save $780,000 of cap space. Not too much, but then again, in a time like this where the salary cap is what it is, lower than it has been in recent years, and teams are very limited with their resources, yes, you can make sense of that. So Patrick Morris, you cut him. Jonathan Harris, another $780,000. Dayon Sizer, Jeremy Cox, and even Levante Bellamy, all of those players right there, they only cost the Bronco, they, they free up $780,000 each for the organization. So Denver can look at some of those options there. There's Chris Cooper, but then again, you don't want to enter this type of offseason where you're going to get into OTAs, you're going to get into training camp. You want to have as many guys as possible due to competition, but you may run into the issue if you start cutting these guys to save cap costs what are you going to do to bring guys in, right? Because you have to have a certain amount of players on your roster, uh, obviously in the offseason, and then through training camp, you see the massive cuts right before the end of the season, uh, preseason actually occurs. That is an issue I'm, I'm really pondering to see what Denver does there. But like I said, those are some anticipated moves. We talked about Jeff Driscoll maybe being a potential cut this week for the Broncos. I imagine that is going to happen. Denver could save $2.5 million by releasing Driscoll, so it would be the same for Vanette, $2.5 million, and then the dead cap for Jeff Driscoll would be 750000 right? So if you offset, you release a couple of these other guys that I just mentioned down below, and their savings would be worth $780,000, you can offset that cost a little bit. But I don't know how aggressive Denver is going to be in that regard of just releasing players. I think they're going to focus on their in-house guys, and, and if they lose a couple of guys, they may have to figure out how to adjust that in free agency. But that's a, you know, a little bit ways to come here, folks. We're going to have you covered here all week long here, locked on Broncos for NFL free agency frenzy but coming up here in just a moment Broncos country we're going to get into our discussion on Trey Lance's pro day from Friday general manager George Payton quarterback coach Mike Shuler they were on tap for that what kind of takeaways do we get from that workout we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment folks but before we do that I got to tell you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode Lockdown Broncos that's our good friends over there betonline.ag and betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action and NFL may be over but the NBA college basketball and NHL 
They're in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Continuing our conversation here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos, folks. Free agency frenzy is going to be very pivotal this week. And be sure to tune in with me and Ross Jackson on Sundays for Locked on NFL Sunday. We're recapping free agency. We're bringing in the local experts on the biggest stories. And even though the NFL season is over, we still have a Sunday NFL show for you live on Twitter, live on YouTube, live on the Facebook page as well. So make sure you guys stay locked on to Locked on NFL Sunday, hosted by Ross Jackson and myself. Very excited about what's coming down the pipeline. Obviously, with the NFL season, free agency, the NFL draft is next month. It's expected to be in person, which is great. Kind of a little bit of a return to normalcy. But in speaking of draft prospects here, we got to react to Trey Lance's pro day that was held on Friday in Fargo. The Broncos general manager, George Payton, Mike Shula, and Brian Stark, they took a trip up north to take a look at what Trey Lance can offer from his intangibles as a quarterback prospect. Obviously, there's some discussion as to where he ranks, but NFL GMs and scouting departments, they have players rank differently and, and there's a consensus around the NFL that some guys are ranked higher than others and that's okay that's how the big boards work out but Trey Lance is one of those intriguing prospects I think to many people that are looking at his athletic ability his physical traits and maybe he can convert those into being a successful quarterback in the NFL we know the concern for Lance coming into the NFL draft was the level of competition that he played in the FCS which is nothing that's not a knock against him he had a very efficient season in 2019 he had uh, countless touchdowns zero interceptions and then he had that one one game this year in 2020 against Central Arkansas. Daniel Jeremiah even said, don't really think about that game too much because of COVID and everything. You know, he didn't have necessarily the game you want. I think he had a couple touchdowns to an interception, uh, but he was also able to take over the, the game on the ground with his legs, his athletic ability to be able to do that. Now, in my observation, this is just my observation alone, when I looked at Trey Lance and some of his games that he had played in in 2019 and even just the, the 2020 stint, the thing that stood out to me, I felt like he didn't have that complete bulky frame. Now, when I looked at him in the pro day, he bulked up in a big way. Like he, you know, his body mass, his muscle mass was a lot thicker. Uh, he looked like he leaned out a little bit and he developed some more muscle mass on his quads and his calves, which is great when we talk about his frame. Now, in terms of his workout, he didn't do any of the workouts. He didn't do any of the testing metrics, like in terms of measurements, in terms of being able to run the 40 yard dash or even some of the other things. All he did was throwing drills. He's been working with his quarterback coach, Quincy Avery, and obviously he's a, you know one of those quarterback coaches that works with a guy like Deshaun Watson. So one of the things that we we're going to get into, starting off here with Trey Lance, his mechanics. Now, coming into the NFL draft prior, you know I, for me, I felt like his footwork was kind of sporadic, right? We talked about that with Drew Locke. Drew Locke had a big arm, but his footwork at college in Mizzou was very sporadic. I felt like for Trey Lance, on some of the film that I've watched on him, I felt like his footwork was inconsistent at times, but in the workout that he did on Friday in front of all these NFL scouts and GMs, his footwork appeared to be tighter. He, he didn't seem to get wider than shoulder width distance, which is great, or hip width distance. He had a tight angle on his footwork, especially uh, out of his stance in the shotgun formation. And one of the things he demonstrated, he demonstrated the ability to throw on the run. He hit the NFL out route, which is a deeper out route. You see it about maybe 9 to 12 yards, but being able to hit that consistently where you throw the ball to where it looks like it's going out of bounds, the receiver can catch it, get two feet in, and obviously protect and obviously move the chains there. Uh, sometimes we see quarterbacks throw that too 
far on the inside of the receiver. They have to body adjust to it, and sometimes it's sporadic. But he seems to have that throw down. That's nice. You need to be able to have that at the next level. There are so many quarterbacks that can't hit that NFL out, and they don't tend to have long careers in the National Football League. But he hit the NFL out route. He hit the short to intermediate really well. There were some times, I think, when they got in the red zone where he had some accuracy issues on some of the throws, sometimes a sporadic throw here or there. There were a couple throws he had. He had a couple of overthrows, but for the most part, the ball, especially on the deep balls, the deep crossing patterns, the corner routes, the deep overs, he hit those throws and he looked relatively well on it. Now, how much stock should we invest in a pro day throw session by quarterbacks? Well, here's the deal. It's not like a game situation. You don't have, you know, you know, eight guys in the box. You don't have six rushers trying to get after you. And it's different because everyone's watching you. Now, there's a lot of pressure in that, though. Don't get me wrong. When you're sitting there at a throw session, all eyes are on you. They're watching and they're, they're critiquing and putting under the microscope every move you make, whether it be your stance, your drop back, your hesitation to throw, um, or even if you overthrow a guy. People are jotting down on their clipboards what that's like. So there's a lot of pressure now and I think he responded really well to that but if a quarterback goes 29 to 29 in a throw session uh, you know you can't really invest too much into that obviously you want to you know applaud him for what he's able to do but at the end of the day what matters is can you do it in the NFL when there's guys flying in your face there was a couple times they tried to demonstrate that but the thing that stood out to me the most about Trey Lance and his workout is that Quincy Avery his coach they identified all of the quarterback needy teams in this year's NFL draft and they put together route concepts that were based on what those offenses required the quarterbacks to do, the type of throws that they make, right? So the NFL out, the stick route, slant, dig, crossing patterns, the deep overs, corner routes, post routes. You have to be able to hit those throws. And even the nine ball, the four verse, they ran that a few times. And and his ball placement, for the most part, was great on that. One of the questions I think some NFL scouts had with Trey Lance is, can he fit it into the bucket, right? And So when we talk about a vertical route there, sometimes quarterbacks will just throw it up. And in college, in the FCS, it's easy because you have some speed guys that can get behind guys in the NFL you're not really going to run into defensive backs that are going to be beaten by three to four yards of separation you have to be able to fit those balls into tight windows with tight coverage underneath on that hip of that wide receiver so you have to get it high into the outside and I thought his ball placement for the most part on those deep throws I thought were really impressive so Trey Lance I think his stock is rising a little bit one thing that stands out to me about Lance as well is he interviews really well seems like he's got a really high football IQ which is great you like that for guys He's confident in his delivery. He's confident in what he's talking about. It's evident as day that he knows what his schemes are. He knows how to adjust and adapt. And I think that he showed that by him and his coach putting together all those different throwing concepts that these teams that need quarterbacks do. And they went out there and they did those. So I think that was an impressive feat right there uh, for Trey Lance to be able to display that. Will the Broncos look at him at pick number nine? Well, if he is there, I imagine they'll consider it, but they have to really be sold on it to go quarterback. There's the talk of the Broncos going best player available, which I think is probably the best approach right now considering where this roster is at. You have a very talented young roster, talent at the skill player positions. You want to see what Drew Locke can do, but if you really have a belief in George Payton, he knows it best because he's done a lot of backyard scouting. If he believes that Trey Lance can be that guy, then certainly he'll he'll inquire about him. The Broncos will have a serious conversation if he's available at nine when the Broncos are on the clock. So I think those are some things we have to consider here when it comes to the, the quarterback position where Denver is at. There's also some other teams that could be interested in moving up for Trey Lance, some teams that are you know picking a little bit later, the San Francisco 49ers, the New England Patriots. They could be looking at drafting a quarterback. So it opens up the door of opportunity for these teams to maybe call Denver and say, hey, look, we want to swap picks with you. We'll give you this. 
and Denver can incur more capital to be able to make some more moves roster-wise. But these are just the, the simple thought processes and discussions that are ongoing right now. We'll see what happens actually once free agency, the dust settles there. And obviously once the NFL draft you know happens, the Broncos, they're going to put their board together. They've already been doing that, but then they're going to get in that war room and they're expected to be able to be in the facility together this year, something we didn't have last year around the NFL draft. So that should bode well for the organizations and their planning. And that's something we're going to keep our eye on. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into our Mailbag Monday. We're going to answer some Broncos fans' questions regarding free agency coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, i got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar. And we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. We are now advancing to the Sweet 16, folks. It is Built Bar Madness, and today's matchup is between Mint Brownie and Toffee Almond. Now, for me, I'm not much of a mint person. Toffee Almond is one of my favorite Built Bars that they have invented, and I want to see them advance to the round of eight, and I believe that they should have the advantage over Mint Brownie. If you feel the same way, go to BuiltBar.com or go to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter to cast your vote today. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Built Bar Madness. All right, Broncos country, getting into our Mailbag Monday questions here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, on your favorite podcast provider, folks. And I just wanted to remind you guys, March Madness is here, and that means bracket challenges. Join our Lockdown Listener Bracket Challenge group on ESPN and submit your March Madness picks. Beat your favorite hosts, and if you win... You will get a guest appearance on Locked On Today, our daily news podcast. The link to join is in the show notes of this episode. Get your picks in today. But with that said, getting into some of the questions here from our listeners all across Broncos country as it pertains to free agency, we're going to start things off with Chase Wellner. He says, is there a non-quarterback free agent that the Broncos should look into on offense? Chase, this is a great question. At this time, I can't imagine the Broncos really looking at any other offensive position outside of quarterback. It's really hard to imagine based on where this organization is at when we look at the positions. Denver at running back, more than likely if Philip Lindsay's back, they'll be set at running back. And if they part ways with Philip Lindsay, I imagine they're going to draft a running back in one of the earlier rounds, mid to early rounds for uh, the NFL draft this year. I just can't see them going out and, and pursuing offensive line. They still have Juwan James. They have internal options like Calvin Anderson back on the roster. I just don't see any other position. Wide receiver, Denver's really set there. Tight end, Denver for the most part is set there. I would be shocked if they part ways with uh, Nick Vanette. They'll have Albert Okwebun on back, Noah Fance back for another year as well. I just don't see it. I mean, I can't see an offensive position for Denver that they should look into. You know, like I said, there's some crazy changes happening. Obviously, some guys becoming available, uh, but I don't think that Denver's in a position right now to go out and spend money on the offensive side of the ball outside of quarterback. I think it's going to be quarterback or bust for Denver in free agency in terms of who they look at. At Levine XJA says, do you think that George Payton will address cornerback in free agency or the draft? Keep in mind, Payton is known during the Vikings to draft cornerbacks in the first round. Well, I think that it's going to be both, to be honest with you. I think that Denver is going to look at pursuing a free agent cornerback, a guy with starting experience in the National Football League. If Patrick Peterson becomes available, I imagine that Denver is going to be pretty aggressive in trying to pursue him. It may be on a two to three year deal. Uh, but outside of that, I can see them maybe making a pitch for Cheeto Bay Awuzie, Kella Witherspoon, uh, William Jackson, the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Denver's going to call, and they're going to be aggressive. More than likely, they're the, one of their only signings out of house are going to be at the cornerback position. Now, I also think they're going to draft a cornerback. Is it going to be in the first round? Maybe. Maybe not. Depends on which prospects they like. And this year's cornerback class is relatively strong all across the board. So, Denver may look in round one or round two at cornerback. But yes, they will address it in both free agency and the draft, in my opinion. Marcus Boggs says, who is the best Fangio scheme fit at cornerback in free agency? You know, Marcus, it's really hard to tell because you have to look at the overall body of work of some of these prospects. Now, guys that I mentioned like Patrick Peterson, I think Patrick Peterson would be a phenomenal fit uh, in Vic Fangio's scheme because it's not going to require him to do uh, too much. It's not going to put him in precarious situations. It's going to put him in situations where his ability as a cornerback, especially at this time, of you know, part of his age, is going to help him. It's going to help the defense all around him. It's to put him in smart situations. He'll be tasked with some one-on-one situations, but he can win those. We've seen that over his career. He's a smart player. He'll adapt to that. Uh, Patrick Peterson, in my opinion, is one of those scheme fits. The other guy that I think is a tremendous scheme fit for Denver would be Akello Witherspoon. I think he's one of those guys that comes up and he hits. He's a thumper, and he just kind of fits the mold of a physical, athletic cornerback that maybe Vic Fangio could utilize, and he could be a very good player for Denver. I think he plays very aggressive, and Denver, you know, they need that at that position. So for me, I think the two best cornerback options in terms of a Fangio scheme fit would be Patrick Peterson and Akello Witherspoon. We'll see if Denver makes any inquiries on them. I imagine they probably will. Like I said, the legal tampering period begins today. Denver could get started today. I mean, we could find out today if that's going to be the case for them. But thank you for your question, Marcus. Aaron Van D93 says, do you think we will be linebacker heavy in free agency? I don't believe so. I, I don't think that Denver is going to take a serious look at linebackers in free agency. I just don't see it happening. I see it maybe being the NFL draft. Like I mentioned so many times here on this podcast, they are going to have Justin Sternett back this year. I think that they're really focused on seeing what he can provide. George Payton recognizes that talent, and, and Sternett obviously is one of those guys. He's tall, he's lanky, he's fast, and he's super smart, and he could be that cover element. We just haven't seen it yet, so it could be a good unknown for Denver, and if not, I imagine Denver will look at linebacker at some point in the next year or two, but it, obviously if they figure out that they have it, if, if Sternett is that guy, it's, it's solidifies one of their options that they you know, deemed as a need, but they don't need it anymore because they have it. So hard to say right now, Aaron, to be honest with you, but I doubt that they're going to go linebacker in free agency. They're going to tender Alexander Johnson, but then in the NFL draft, like I said, if they, they could go with a linebacker. I just don't know at this point uh, where linebacker stands. I think it's kind of bottom of the barrel for them in terms of priorities. Graham Teak is up next. He says, how do you think the team will handle edge? Will they pick up Vaughn's option or roll with Reed? I think they pick up Vaughn's option. I also think that they roll with Malik Reed as well. And I mentioned this. I was on a national show here, and we were talking about the Broncos options. There were times where they put Bradley Chubb on the interior. They can move Bradley Chubb to D-end at times. They could have Malik Reed and Von Miller, you could have a pass rush package designated to try to get to the quarterback your best guys on the field, and if they retain Shelby Harris, you keep him on the defensive line as well. So could you imagine you have Von Miller, Malik Reed on the outside edge, you have Shelby Harris, you have Draymond Jones, and then you have uh, you know another guy playing on the, diff- and Bradley Chubb playing on the interior. You have those three guys there. That right there would be absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if I'm a quarterback, I'd be pissing down my leg thinking about those guys trying to get to me. I'm trying to figure out how can I get the ball to my hands quickly so I don't have to take a necessary shots from these guys. Uh, but I think that they're going to pick up Vaughn's option. At Back in Blacker says, which corner would you take day one of free agency? What bargain do you think would change the Broncos for the better? And if you were in charge, 
how would you spend 30 plus million? I wouldn't be reckless. Like I said, I would take care of my in-house guys. I, I really would. I'd pay those guys first. Obviously, you can negotiate contracts where the first couple of years I have a low salary cap hit. You talk about voidable years, which allows you to fluctuate money and signing bonuses into other areas. Uh, but like I said, I think the corners Denver's going to look at, they're going to look at William Jackson, they're going to look at Cheeto Bay Awuzie, Kello Witherspoon, Patrick Peterson. Those are going to be guys that they inquire about. Uh, and Beast Mode 7878 also asked the same question, so I kind of just answered it there. SO is up next. He says, I still can't believe legal tampering is a term that is official and used unironically. Yes, it's crazy, uh, but you know, illegal tampering has been happening for months, dating all the way back to the end of the season for various teams. Just you have to really keep that stuff under wraps. Organizations do it all the time. But if you get caught, the, the fines, the penalties, and, and what you can lose, you can lose draft picks. And you could put yourself in a world of hurt. And some teams have actually done that and have gotten caught. So teams, I think, have really been very cautious with how they approach the tampering period uh, illegally. So we'll see what it's like during the legal period. But yes, I mean, the fact that this has come to terms now on the 15th of before the league year, everyone says, hey, this is the official legal tampering period. You can talk to, you know, agents can talk to organizations on behalf of players and come to terms on a deal, but it can't be official until the new league year rolls around. Those are the, that it's crazy, to be honest with you. Tim Wins is our final question on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos Mailbag Monday. He says, what veteran quarterback do you think that they'll go after? Well, you know, here's the deal. I think that, that they'll inquire, they'll do due diligence on guys like Andy Dalton, Nick Foles. I think they'll take a look around there. I, I'm not quite sure where they're going to go here. And I think that's a good thing because Cam Newton, he's off the board. He signed a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. That takes an option off the table for them that I inquired and felt like, yeah, maybe they should call about that. If Denver doesn't go out here in free agency and brings in a veteran quarterback, it tells me that they're looking at the NFL draft for that position. So once uh, once that move and that domino effect actually happens or doesn't happen, I think we'll have a better idea, Tim. But Broncos Country, with that said, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Thank you so much for your questions, your insight. As I said at the start of the show, the NFL free agency frenzy, the week is here, folks, and we have you covered here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Anytime there's any big-time Broncos news, I will break it down for you. If we have to do an emergency podcast, we'll do that. You will have locked on promotional videos. We'll talk about the impact of the move. If Denver makes some crushing decisions, which I hope isn't the case. I know a lot of Broncos fans want Vaughn and Kareem Jackson back. Hopefully that is the case. And if not, I mean, obviously we'll break it down. We'll talk about the overall impact on the organization, what it means for the Broncos, what it means for that position group as well. But we have you covered here on Lockdown Broncos, folks, every single day, all year long here, the Lockdown Podcast Network. But with that said, I'm your host, as always, Cody Work. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos. Like us on Facebook. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're a new listener of the show and you loved today's episode of the show. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or our good friends over there, radio.com, for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage all year long. See you tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, for a brand new episode of the show.